0: All right. So this is Chad Jordan from Sport Clips. I'm the director of marketing for digital services. And this is another edition of our Hall of Fame podcast. I'm pleased today to be joined or actually tonight at this point uh, to be joined with Linda Casillas, who I hope I get all the titles right. She's a coach. She's a member of the artistic team. Fill in the blank. Is there anything else, Linda, that I'm missing?
1: Ambassador Lead.
0: Ambassador Lee. Okay. Ambassador Lead. So we can talk a little bit about that as well. And uh, located in the Philadelphia area. So what exactly is your territory as a coach?
1: So I have the Philadelphia area, uh, mainly the stores surrounding Philadelphia, and then also the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton area, as well as one store in Delaware.
0: Excellent. And uh, what we're going to talk about in, in this podcast, as we do in, in a number of them, is kind of the beginning, middle, and next phase of a particular person's career. Linda is has a really fascinating story. We've done podcasts in the past, uh, most recently with Tiffany Allen, who is a coach and uh, member of the artistic team as well. She's in the St. Louis area, and she started her career literally out of uh, cosmetology school at Sport Clips, and kind of grew through the ranks uh, to become a star here. Linda's Linda's path to stardom is uh, is a little different, and so we're going to get into that uh, a little bit today. And uh, what what I find fascinating about all of these stories is that all roads lead to Rome. All roads can lead to success at Sport Clips. It doesn't matter necessarily where you started or what what got you to, to start here. It's really uh, the dedication and determination you put in and the effort that makes all the difference. So that's certainly the story with Linda, who uh, we, she picked me up from the airport today we had a, a pleasant you know, visited some uh, store and, and and had a great time at uh, America's favorite restaurant cracker barrel hopefully a future sponsor of the sport Clips Hall of Fame podcast but uh, during that time I found out a couple things so talking about the before aspect of your career uh, you didn't you didn't break into the industry uh kind of the, the the traditional way that we might see some sport clips managers and eventually coaches and everything give us can you give me uh, and re- remind me and maybe give the audience the uh, the 50,000 foot view of how you got to sport clips and and uh, not from diapers on but from where it really mattered in your career to to then you starting with sport clips in i think it was 2011
1: Yep, so I started in the cosmetology industry in 1997. So I went to So you were school.
0: 10 years old, okay? Yeah. Got it.
1: <laughs> Something like that. Mm-hmm. I went to beauty school and graduated. I really wanted to pursue education right from the beginning. Got my teacher's license right away, started going to school, college for education. Uh Toyed with the idea of being a VoTech teacher, decided instead to go the route of doing education like this, continuing education for stylists. So I started working for product manufacturers. I worked for Zotos, which is the big perming company. I worked for Sexy Hair as an educator, and I worked for Regis as an educator. I also all throughout that time have been behind the chair in salons. I even had my own salon for a little while.
0: And you you took that education experience and what, there was a help wanted ad for Sport Clips coaches in the area or what, what drew you, how did you get to Sport Clips?
1: So I actually found out about Sport Clips from a former uh, acquaintance that I had through Regis Corporation. So I had been in a similar position with the franchise division of Regis as an educator, working with franchise stores and I actually heard that Sporeclips was a company that was really growing in the Philadelphia area and they just recently opened three stores. And those were the first stores to come about um, in Philadelphia area and actually uh, one of the, the first that were happening in the Northeast. And so when I came on, I actually had the entire northeastern part of the country, and I had three stores in wow. Philly, one store in Buffalo New, Buffalo, New York, and two stores in Connecticut. And I actually had my first day of work participated in the opening of the sixth store in New Jersey. Wow. And so now we have all these stores in yeah. the northeast, and uh, now we have 18 stores just in my area right here. And Lake Jersey has about 40 now, so... <laughs> It's uh, really grown a lot, more than doubled in size. And, and, since I and
0: Linda is so smart. She has a uh, energy efficient car. Mm-hmm. She's had a Prius and now a brand new Hyundai, whatever it is that. Uh, Ionic. I Okay, that gets you all over the place since your territory. You're, you seem to always be on the road. Um, what uh, what have been some of the the best parts? Let's talk the coaching role. Uh, What what have been some of the best parts of you growing in this coaching role at at Sport Clips, things that you love the most?
1: So I think, obviously, one of the things I love the most is being on the artistic team. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really huge for me to be able to go out and do the different hair shows throughout the country. And I had done some things like that in the past with my former jobs, but... Really getting into much bigger shows, more exposure in the different trade So had, had you been
0: a platform artist prior to being on the artistic team?
1: I had done platform work before. Okay. but Usually um, not main stage. Usually mm-hmm. what we do at some of the hair shows where we're in a booth and we're on a stage. I had done a lot of that and maybe larger audiences, about 300 people. But at Sport Clubs, the first time I was ever in front of 3,000 mm-hmm. people. With some of the different shows we've done, uh,
0: the uh, and we'll talk. I'm sure quite a bit about the artistic team. In order to be on it, do you have to be a coach? Is that kind of the requirement? Is that who they're looking for uh, in terms to add to their artistic team? Do you know?
1: Yes, all the okay. artistic team members are okay. coaches.
0: And there's how many people on it? Nine. Nine. Were you jog my memory? Were you one of the original uh, members, or yes. had there been? Okay. So were there always nine? Or?
1: No, we started out, actually, there were six of us that okay. started out.
0: What uh, When was this?
1: This was, they just announced it toward the end of 2014, and then really debuted in 2015 at the National Huddle that year, and there was the six of us, and then um, one step down, and then we got two more, then we had seven, mm-hmm. and then... Since then, we've had one step down. we got three more, so we have nine.
0: Nine. And what uh, – so you've been on there – I'm not – there. I, t- I was told there would be no math in the podcast. Is that four years? Yes. This is your fourth – going on your fourth year? This or is my fourth, fourth, year? fourth year, yes. Okay. What, what kind of, – other than the numbers of people, what changes have you seen in the artistic team in terms of whether it's uh, exposure, opportunities to do different shows, different style, what, what changes have you noticed over those four years?
1: I think the changes have really been with the opportunities, so we're getting to do more unique things like uh, the cover of Man Magazine. They mm-hmm. had a contest for uh, Sport Clips team members for their cute son. Uh, mm-hmm. They submitted photos. Yeah. and. An area manager from South Carolina, actually Juan and Andrea, who's mm-hmm. on the team with me, was able to go and do the photo shoot and cut the hair for the little boy that was on the cover of the magazine. Crystal has gotten to compete on a reality TV show for the Look All-Stars, which is um, going to be premiering very soon. And you're, you're
0: saying these names not. I, I believe I know who they are.
1: They're all in the artistic team. And
0: and then give me their last names as well.
1: So Crystal Sierras was Uh on the TV show. And she's
0: out of what what area?
1: She's out of Houston, Texas. Okay, all right. And then Andrea's out of South Carolina. Okay, Andrea. actually Andrea Alma. Uh And so they've gotten to do those. We've had um, big spreads in Man Magazine, which is a trade magazine. Uh, It's part of Beauty Launchpad. We've had spreads in Modern Salon as well, which is another trade magazine. We've been featured on Behind the Chair. So the more that we do, the more we get featured in different things, and I think these different opportunities come up for us. And then also the level of the team as we get more experience, we start to grow with our abilities as far as the platform artistry Mm -hmm. as
0: well. So uh, in terms – you know, they – they everybody sees the rock stars perform, literally a rock a band, perform. They don't see the hours uh, preparing for the concerts and uh, late nights and uh, you know, all of that that goes into it. What kind, of, what kind of prep do you have to do for these shows, being on the artistic team? Is there anything outside, above and beyond the normal day-to-day stuff that you do that you gotta, you got to get ready for uh, when you're doing these shows?
1: We have trainings every quarter. So mm-hmm. we go out to the headquarters in Georgetown, Texas, and we okay. have trainings where we work on haircutting skills, we'll do... Who's
0: doing the training?
1: So Julian Perlingeros are just a consultant for Sport Clips. So and he's, he's from? He's from California, and he's had a lot of experience with Paul Mitchell as well as Badal okay. Sassoon. So he works with us and we have trainings with him every quarter in Texas and we'll go and do different guest artist spots at the Paul Mitchell school there for practice with presentation skills and do different drills with haircuts and presentation skills also for the bigger shows that we have, we have a lot of rehearsals. So it's uh, working with professional dancers mm-hmm. and the dancers are rehearsing. And then we have a lot of cues coming in and off the stage that we have to rehearse and we have to do it over and over again until we get it right.
0: Uh, sounds stressful. How, how, how is it coping with uh, that? Is it built into your DNA? This is what you live for? Or is that part of you got to adjust yourself a little bit to, to handle that kind of pressure?
1: For me, I don't have any stage fright. Uh-huh. So it doesn't make me stressed out to know that I'm getting up on stage. When I mean, obviously you have to take it very seriously and you don't want to miss any cues or mess up in any way. But at the same time, if you do, people are they don't know what you have planned, yeah, right, so, right? Exactly, <laughs> um, you got that and that's, advantage. That's I always tell myself yeah. that, um, and I think that's... Yeah, I meant to do
0: that. I meant to cut that hair. That yeah, way. yeah, I right? mean that's the yeah. biggest
1: thing that I tell anyone when I'm teaching presentation skills hmm. is they don't have the script. They didn't know what you meant to say, or you know if you were supposed to walk in at this time, or if you were supposed to say this or that at this time. So as long as you don't show it on your face or make yeah. a big deal out of it, people usually don't. I, even know. I
0: love that. I, I think we need to underscore that a little bit more, because that's a great takeaway for anyone that's uh, up and coming and probably listening to this podcast for pointers is that uh, you it's not a script that you're working off of. I mean, especially being a a platform artist or any sort of uh, hairstylist, you certainly are aiming for something, but how you get there necessarily doesn't always uh, have to be exact. And so what you're saying is, as long as you don't show it, on your face, or with a word four letters or less, uh, out loud that you can really recover from it.
1: Yeah, people don't know.
0: Uh... So have you have you? I mean, it's just you and me here. No one. Let's let's turn the microphone off for a second. Have you been on stage and had an experience like that where, wow, this is I, I kind of messed that up and I need to recover right now.
1: I actually, at the huddle uh, this year, we had it all planned out. When I finished styling my model's hair, he had to jump up and start dancing. And he was trying to hand me the products and cue me. And I totally missed it. Mm -hmm. And so he practically had to wave it in front of my Uh face for me to see it. But I just saw it, grabbed it, didn't really pay too much attention to, you know, that, oh, I didn't do it in time. And nobody knows. Nobody knew. What? Until
0: right now, in which yeah. we're all judging you and thinking, "Oh my gosh, I can't." We're now replaying it in our mind, but no, I mean that's that's such a great point. That uh, just keep going.
1: Yeah, and it's minor things. I've never had anything serious happen, but there's been minor things where you know maybe you didn't walk out at just the right second, maybe it was a little bit late, but people don't know when exactly you yeah. were supposed to walk out. So don't not... don't
0: just retreat to a shell. Yeah. Or don't crumble in front of everybody. Or don't Just, start
1: running because right. you're <laughs> late. Right. So they they won't know.
0: I love that. Uh, so your your uh, artistic team travels, take you all over the place. Uh, your coaching responsibilities. We already talked about the Prius and the Hyundai Electron. What do we what do we call it? Ionic. Ionic. I'm going to get it right before this podcast, before this week's over at least.
1: You got to drive it. Yeah,
0: I did. I did in the rain, nonetheless. Uh, so uh, give me. can you give me a, uh, a major high that you get uh, from coaching? What, what, what is one of the, f- the favorite things? Obviously, you're educational-based. That's something that you'd love to do. So uh, on a, a Monday through Friday level, one of the best parts of your job is what?
1: I like to teach the classes. I like to work with stylists who really are maybe struggling a little bit with haircutting yeah. techniques, but really want to learn. Mm-hmm. And I feel like I can really work with them to help them to get better. And I love to see when I get that aha moment where somebody really finally gets it, maybe something they've been struggling with. And for me, hair cutting didn't come easy for me. It's actually the hardest thing I've ever learned. And it took me years to learn how to cut hair. And I thought I'd never be able to do it. I almost gave up a couple times. Mm-hmm. And it was education for me which got me over that. I took every class I could get my hands on, even if I had to pay money, even if I had to travel. And I took everybody's class, every manufacturer, everything I could do until everything finally clicked.
0: Do you do any of the. Um, I, I remember talking with Tiffany Allen. She mentioned a couple YouTubers that she follows for pointers and she vid- watches videos. Are you can you learn that way? Are you more hands-on like you need someone in a classroom showing you on Steve's head uh, in order for you to get it?
1: So what's kind of funny, uh, we talk about the different learning styles is most people in general, but stylists are visual Mm -hmm. and also very hands-on. I'm neither. I'm actually verbal linguistic (laughs) and math logic. So I like to read things. I like to listen. I like to, do math problems and things of that nature. So haircutting was, that's why it was so hard for me because everything you see huh. and you do. Your
0: side of the brain was. was yeah, you it, see yeah. and you
1: do. So I had to really force myself to be able to see and do. And I always still, I want to know why. And mm-hmm. I want to hear you explain it to me in words. I can see it and I can do it. But if I don't have words to go with it, it's very difficult. hmm so of course, everything that I love to do is all hands-on. Like I love dance fitness, mm-hmm. and for me, oh, I forgot to yes. list that as one of your yes, major I things. Do. Zumba
0: I, instructor. Okay, I, I blew I it. 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 Maybe I can edit this and we can, uh, you know, put that back at the top. But.
1: And that's something too. I would watch a lot of different instructors, and I'd ask them these questions, and it would be like, um, "Let me think about the answer to that." And my hair teachers used to do the same thing, like. I was, well, why? Well, because that's how you do the haircut. Yeah, but, yeah, but why? Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you're not here, right. <laughs> how do I know? Right. And so I, I've kind of, as I said, gotten over that. Now, when I was in the late 90s, when I was learning, there wasn't all the YouTube yeah. and, and all the different things. So I actually did go to in-person classes, and I just had to keep finding that right person that could tell me why. And then that's how I was able to learn. And now, at this point, I could watch a video and oh, well, huh, know and what's it. going on. Yeah. yeah. Twenty years later. <laughs> so, well,
0: do you, is that really it? That you have to get to a point, no matter what kind of way you learn, what kind of learner you are, that eventually you can do it by feel and it's intrinsic and it's just part of who you are, and or you know, or some people they're never going to get it and they should you know just tuck tail and run.
1: I wouldn't say if you want to get it, you'll get it mm-hmm. because I was told I would never be a hair cutter. Mm-hmm. And I was told to stick with makeup and skincare because that's what I was naturally good at, and I did stick with it. I decided. And
0: why? Why? What was it about it that made you say, I, "This is it. This is my calling. This is what I need to be doing"?
1: All right. So this is actually a really funny story. Okay. I was working at Staples. All right. <laughs> and uh, it was the day I was graduating beauty school, and I was actually about to start the teachers program, and I was so depressed because. I needed help on a haircut that day I graduated on a client on the floor. I just, a basic haircut. I just couldn't do it. And I Mm -hmm. asked the teacher for help and I kept doing my why thing. Mm -hmm. And she kept doing her because that's the way you do the haircut thing. And I went into work and I said, you know what? I'm done with haircutting. I'm not going to do haircutting. I'm just going to focus on makeup and skincare. And there was this lady who worked... You know, she was working at the copy center. I was behind the service desk. And she said to me, now, what do you mean you're not going to cut hair and you're going to be in the cosmetology industry? And she said, I'll tell mm-hmm. you something. She said, the only thing I go to a salon for is a cut. I put my own permit. I put my own color in. I put my own makeup on. And she's like, you know, when, when times are tough, people don't pay for that stuff. Wow. If you don't know how to cut hair, you're not going to be anything. Hmm. And she said that to me, and I thought, you She's know, a she's, cashier
0: at Staples or a she customer? She was in the
1: coffee center. No, she oh, okay. worked with me. Okay,
0: one of your co- yeah, coworkers. Yeah, she
1: was a coworker, yeah. and she just told me, like, that's haircutting is the basic yes. thing that everybody's gonna get a haircut no mm-hmm. matter what. Not everybody's gonna get a facial, not everybody's mm-hmm. gonna get their makeup, maybe for their wedding. Right. Uh, but oh. it's not it's or when restaurant. times
0: are tough and the rece- yeah. you know, recession or economy's down they're gonna cut back on that stuff but they ain't gonna let their hair grow to yeah. their knees and yeah. so
1: when she said it to me it just made so much sense and mm. I was like you know what you're right I'm gonna learn how to do this
0: wow so and, that day Yes. The, that was that was the, day the, I, that was the life-changing day yeah
1: when she said and I don't I even it. remember her name I wish I could find her mm-hmm. because I would tell her well
0: let's hope she listens to this podcast <laughs> and then she reaches out to you and I don't know we'll we'll give her I don't know a huddle t-shirt or something but uh so that's that's what got you here that was the before and kind of currently what you're doing with the artistic team what's next i mean artistic team is a four-year it's a two it's two two-year terms right Yep. so what's what's next then how does this work what's
1: i can re-audition to get back on after the next term so okay. you sit out a term and then you can audition to get back mm-hmm. on which i definitely would
0: mm-hmm. do and you, uh, in the meantime, coach for this area?
1: Yeah, so I still have ambassador. You know, a degree. lot of different okay. things. And then the ambassador team is the team that goes out to the different beauty schools. So I work with the different stylists in the stores here and train them in presentation skills, get them into the schools, and they go I'm, in at least every quarter. I'm really, presentations.
0: Ins- I'm really interested in that part of it because that's new, right? Is that
1: ambassador program's fairly new? Um, I think I was one of the first coaches that went through the training in it to mm-hmm. get certified as an ambassador lead, so I can start training my ambassadors and getting them into the schools.
0: And so, who who qualifies to be an ambassador? How does that work?
1: So they work for their team leader or their individual franchisees. Okay, and that's who selects them. Are, and are they and they're they're stylists? They're stylists,
0: but not managers.
1: Some of them are managers. We don't necessarily recommend managers just because of sometimes the time commitment. Uh, they have a lot going on as a manager. So, um, definitely, you know, anyone who the team leader wants to put up for an ambassador, I will train them and, and get them going. Um, not everybody wants to be an ambassador, not everybody feels comfortable with speaking in front of 50, 60 students or something like that. Something I don't understand because it's something I've always been comfortable with. Uh, but if someone's willing to learn, they don't have to have any presentation experience. I take them through the presentation skills. I teach them the do's and don'ts and the ins and outs of it. I go with them until they're comfortable to watch them present, give them feedback, and been pretty successful with it. I've had some ambassadors who are really good with going into the schools. How,
0: how, How much of a time commitment are we talking about for these? I mean, they're stylists, right? So they already have a month, you know, the Monday through Sunday or or whatever they're working. So, what are they having to, I don't want to say give up because they're furthering their career and helping their their team leader and and sport clips out. But
1: usually, each ambassador will do two beauty schools per quarter. So they'll do. two visits per quarter and the presentations are only about an hour long so they get there you know early obviously to set up but it's not a huge time commitment especially if they're in pretty close proximity to the schools which they usually are because i let them pick the schools that they most want to be in Mm -hmm. and pair them up together so they're in groups of two when they go in
0: what kind of personality are you looking for in ambassadors outgoing Hopefully
1: someone who's outgoing, uh, definitely enough to be able to get up and speak and also to interact with the students. They may come up even after the presentation one-on-one, have some questions. So someone who feels comfortable talking about the company and the values and all the the different things at Sport Clips, because all of those things are in the presentation, Mm -hmm. preferably someone who um, has a great image I have a uniform that I provide for the ambassador, so they wear a black blazer that's embroidered with the ambassador logo, and they wear dress pants and dress shoes so they're a little bit more dressed up than what they normally are in the store, and they present that image. And then also someone who usually embodies the, the standards of Sport Clips, so someone who really does the five-point play, which is the client mm-hmm. service system, someone mm-hmm. who um, is very comfortable talking about professional products with their clients and recommending those things and doing the MVP service because that's also things that we touch on and, and go over with the students
0: uh, two more questions there uh, the first one what uh, competence level do they have to have for being uh, presenters is this something in other words is this something? where I I might not feel very comfortable presenting yet, but I want to grow in that? Should Should I try to be an ambassador or do I need to wait?
1: For me, I think if anyone wants to do it, they should let their team leader know because I'll train them in the presentation skills and get them comfortable. We do a lot of getting up and presenting in the training over and over again. Everybody gives each other feedback and they keep practicing. And then, as I said, I'll go with them. When they go to the schools to present, to watch them and give feedback as well. But I think the only way to get good at presenting is to do it. Mm-hmm. And the more you do it, the better you get at it. If you don't do it and you just think about doing it, you're not going to get better. Yeah.
0: And what's, I guess my other question is, what's kind of the, uh, the term that they're an ambassador? Is it a year uh, until further notice?
1: Yeah, there's no term. So okay. they can just keep going as long as they want or as long as their team leader wants them to.
0: Yeah. Uh, I'm really interested in that program. And I I love that you're leading part of it, Uh, a big part of it. A couple last questions, and then we'll get to kind of the fun final 10 questions that I like to ask. Uh, Question number one of the final questions is the best part of your job whether it's artistic team, coach, ambassador, lead, uh, the best part of your job is what and why?
1: I think the best part of my job right now is with the artistic team. I like doing the hair shows and getting up on the stage, on the show floor, demonstrating the different haircuts, talking about them. I like to be creative and do the different haircuts according to what the model wants and be able to teach those and maybe open up some people to new techniques. There's a lot of people at the hair shows who are really cosmetologists that are just starting to expand into the barbering world, want to learn a little bit more about men's hair cutting, the industry's really changed since I started. When the first hair shows I went to back in the late 90s and early 2000s, you didn't see a lot of men's grooming. And mm-hmm. now it's everywhere, and a lot of people want to learn more about men's grooming. So we'll get a lot of people coming over to Sport Clips to watch the different techniques and learn a little bit more.
0: I, uh, I feel like a lot of managers out there especially felt this vibe at Huddle there is almost a hero worship for the artistic team members like what you know, you guys really are our stars so what kind of advice can you give to those managers that see you on the platform that say yes I want to do that one day how do they get there what do they got to do
1: well as we said earlier right now the artistic team is comprised of coaches mm-hmm. so that's something if it's a path that they want to go on and get into coaching and teaching then the biggest thing, I think, is to really be an example to build their store if they're a manager, help grow the store, make sure that their personal standards are there with you know, their numbers and, and their client service experience is there. Uh, definitely let their team leader know that that's something that they're interested in so that if something does come up, the team they're leader yeah can, yeah, can bring it to them and they would be able to apply for that.
0: Uh, you're you're an inspiration. Your path getting here, all of that. Who right now inspires you? It could be somebody at Sport Clips. It could be a family member. It could be somebody else. But who who inspires you to be the best Linda Casillas can be?
1: Obviously, having a family. So I have mm-hmm. a husband. I have children. That really inspires me to keep getting better for my family, for my kids, so that I can be an example, so that you know, we can have the things that we want, be able to travel, do everything that we want to do.
0: I love it. Now we get to the really hard-hitting questions. Are you ready? On these 10 questions, I can only ask a follow-up to one of them. All right. So you're, I'm going to ask, you're going to answer, And I I only get on one of them. I don't even know which one it's going to be. It's based on what your answer is going to be. Okay? Okay. You ready? Which superpower would you most like to have?
1: Read minds.
0: Read minds. What is your personal motto?
1: I don't know if it's my personal one because it's a Sport one, but I would say do the right thing.
0: Okay. That works. If you adopt it, that's fine. Other than where you live now, where else in the world would you most like to live?
1: Florida. Okay.
0: In the world? Uh, world. I said, I I don't want that to be my follow up. Never mind. Uh, Yeah, I've
1: never really been outside the United States other than Mexico and Canada. So (laughs) I haven't seen the world.
0: All right. And I'm not hating on Florida. All right. I just want to put that out there. I love (laughs) me some Florida. Uh, Who is a celebrity you would most like to meet one day? You've already met Gordon Logan, so who is okay. a celebrity you would most like to meet one day?
1: Ellen DeGeneres. Oh, okay. She's I like funny. it.
0: I might we might tag her in this podcast. That's why I ask. So maybe <laughs> she'll share. Okay, perfect. Which words or phrases do you most overuse as long as they're not four letters? So I
1: most overuse I don't know. Well, I say the word so. That's my padding word.
0: So? Okay. That is my
1: padding word. I know that. I overuse that.
0: I will go back. Well, we get transcripts of these podcasts, so I'll see how many times you've said it, and I'll report it back to you.
1: All right? I tried not to, but we'll see. All right.
0: What sound (laughs) or noise do you love?
1: Sound or noise. Music? <laughs> uh, uh,
0: uh, what is this? the Zumba music? What is it? It's uh, a Latino? Uh, uh, uh,
1: well, there's a lot of, there's four core rhythms, but reggaeton would be my favorite. Okay,
0: right. reggaeton. All right, reggaeton. that's it. What sound or noise do you hate?
1: I don't like high-pitched noises. Okay.
0: Noted. What profession other than your own would you have been good at or at least have wanted to try? Writing. Rating? Writing. Writing. Which is cool because with the
1: artistic team, I've actually gotten to write articles for Modern Salon and and Behind the Chair and different things. They'll come with different questions and we'll write a short article and I've actually been published a couple times. That Mm. was my that was kind of my second go-to was journalism. So So you're you're
0: completing things off your bucket list even while doing your your dream job. Yeah. What do you consider? This is number nine, by the way, of ten. What do you consider your greatest achievement?
1: Probably having my kids. Okay. Be my greatest achievement.
0: Good answer, Mom. I don't know if they're they're, they're old enough to listen to this podcast, so that's good. Probably. I love it. All right. Last question. If heaven indeed exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Uh it can't be so Uh,
1: (laughs) (laughs) i think just that, that i was a good person that i did the right things the right times
0: i love it well this has been a conversation with linda casillas and this is chad jordan with the sport clips hall of fame podcast tune in next week for another episode thanks for joining us thanks linda
1: thank you